You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Good afternoon and welcome to the Bucknuts Happy Hour. I'm Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and 247 Sports. We're off and running for another week of Bucknuts fun. Um, I am out in Denver. We're staying at a friend's house. We have a wedding this weekend and there's no beer in the house. So I am Sam's beer, which is probably a good thing on an afternoon. We just got in last night. So I'm drinking water. We're at altitude staying hydrated, uh, but I do miss my beer. It's been two weeks now since I've had a beer on this show, and uh, that's a little disappointing. But um, today's show, we're going to talk about the potential breakout candidates for the Buckeyes this year, guys that we think might have big big seasons that are kind of not necessarily unexpected, but guys who haven't maybe in the past. Um, I'm going to do that here in the next few minutes. Then I'm going to dive into a little bit of recruiting, which I don't talk a ton about because it's not really my thing, but I know there's a lot of questions about Ohio State's defensive recruiting and kind of the direction of that. So I wanted to touch on some things there, and then we'll probably wrap up. I wrote something about the running backs the other day, kind of how Ohio State's going to handle what's a pretty loaded running back room, uh, which I think is an interesting topic. But to discuss these breakout candidates, I didn't want to do that one by myself, so Bringing back in Tim Hall from the Buckeye Show. Tim, uh, it's been a minute since you we've been able to make this work after you were a pretty routine guest on here. So I'm glad to have you back. How you doing? It's good, Patrick. Yeah, and you know, you continue to pick the one guy that works in the evenings, and I cannot really enjoy a beer anytime we do this happy hour thing. I'm wondering if we could maybe move this to a Saturday type of deal. That way you're catching me on you know, my free time, my leisure time, I might be two or three brews deep. You you might not know what kind of comments you're going to get from me if we do it, if we make that move. I think if we do it on a Saturday, then we just do it together. Like we get, we go somewhere, we get some beers, we'll set up, I don't know, some kind of, you can, you can probably do that. You work in, in radio TV stations. So 
Why not? I think I smell a sponsor with this idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about this. I like we get we get we get out to a micro brew for something like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm good with you know me. I'll drink whatever. So we could go to you know we could go anywhere. We could sit in your backyard if you want to do that. But uh, (laughs) we could do a little uh, we could do a little putting green happy hour. I don't I don't do that very often, so I'd be pretty terrible. But we could do it. Get your son involved it could it could be a whole tim hall family experience i mean i i think that sounds great man i mean i don't have to worry about what i'm going to talk about on the show afterwards we are we are actually gonna share this topic so that will be fun i'm gonna bring tyvis into this discussion tyvis pal everybody knows and loves so well who uh, joins me a lot for our show so we'll we'll do this later tonight and i it's it's interesting the more i Topics like this, I generally like to just throw them in the brain for about five minutes, walk around the house, and then see what spits out. And originally, this came pretty easy to me. And then like anything, the more you sit back and think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. Oh, who would qualify? Because I think the fun thing about a a breakout player discussion, he he might be a guy that's been on the team for quite a bit. Yeah, You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a true freshman. We've got some true freshman phenoms that might fit for this discussion as well. But there could be some guys, especially I can think of on defense, that we've been talking about for a little bit. They've got some playing time. they got some starts under their belt. But have they really broken out? Have they had that true breakout season yet? There might be some guys sniffing around with first-round projections that still might need their breakout season, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, so that I think that's a nice tease into this. And uh, for those of you watching this live, if you want to throw your thoughts on on breakout candidates in the comment section, I'll read some of those as we go. But Tim, let's start this off. Um, I did it kind of in a in a ranking order. I don't know how you listed them, uh, but you would go ahead and go first. Give us uh, one of your guys who you think is going. To, we're doing basically a, a top five, so to speak. Yeah. So if if I start out at the beginning, because I tried to put the guy that I thought was maybe the most fringe guy being in this, I could understand if you wanted to argue like, oh, no, no, he I wouldn't really count him as a breakout watch guy. But I, in my mind, I do. And I think that guy is Cam Martinez for Ohio State. And I, I the reason why is because he came in here as a pretty highly touted recruit. It was a good win getting this guy down from Michigan. We weren't really sure how he was going to fit in position-wise, where he was going to play for Ohio State. But I think as he's kind of progressed through these last two years, then certainly the spring that he's had, he seems to be pretty much steadily the guy, the starter at the the nickel, the nickel safety, the nickel corner, whatever you want to call that, slot corner, slot safety position that, that the Buckeyes are going to run back there. And I just, you know, we've seen flashes from him in the past. We haven't really seen him have one of those Ronnie Hickman or Lathan Ransom type seasons. And I just, I think he's everything that Ohio State football is about. I think Cam Martinez checks a lot of boxes. He's a guy that you can tell really, really wants to be here and is locked in and focused and committed into what this next season needs to be for him. And you look at the eligibility that he's got left too. I think he's got, you would have one more, correct, Pat, with dipping back into the the super season year. I think academically he's a senior, but has one more year of eligibility. So, I I mean, I like it. The guy's athletic. The guy uh, tackles well. I I think he's a 
I think he's a perfectly sane choice for breakout player because you go back and you know, side the one interception, which was taken back 61 yards for a touchdown. He didn't have one last year, but he's gotten some more playing time. Snap count was up last year, and I think he he could put up some numbers now. I think that's a good one. Um, I mean, he's going to have to – he was the the first team guy in spring at that nickel sp- position. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they brought in Jihad Carter, who I think is going to be on the field now. I think they've realized that Jihad Carter can play some different roles. It's not just that position that he's he's set for. So, look, Cameron Martinez is interesting. He was a high school quarterback, after you know, dual threat, ran the ball a lot, didn't throw it a ton, mm-hmm. and they just saw athleticism. And, and credit to our friend over at uh, Rivals in the podcast, Jeremy Birmingham, who saw him play. And I don't know if people know this, but kind of brought him to the attention of Ohio State. When he, he saw him play, you know, he was playing quarterback. He's like, I don't know what you do with this guy, but it seems like too but good he's of a football player. player. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's kind and you of. Mentioned he's a, he was a quarterback and a damn good quarterback and the Gatorade high school football player of the year yeah. up north. And, and you mentioned that about Jihad Carter, too. Not to say that, you know, we don't wish, of course, we wish him well. I, know, I think he was nicked up here in the spring. So him getting healthy is going to be huge. And of course, I think he's going to get a snap count. You always need to focus on a two deep at the very least, sometimes a three deep. You never know with, with what can happen with injuries, but a lot of times we will kind of assume as fans, when we bring in a transfer, especially someone who has put up some numbers for his previous team. And we might forget about the incumbents, the guys that have been in this program, but I would always say lean towards the guys that have been here the guys that have been putting in that work and have those relationships built up with their teammates and more importantly, their position coaches. So I think that's what you got here. It's not a knock on Jihad Carter guy made a move. It was a good move. Ohio state wanted him. He's been uh, welcomed with, with open arms and I hope he plays good football, but I just slide towards like we're talking about with, with cam here for this one. Yeah. I do think experience in the program certainly helps. Uh, The first guy I listed is kind of my biggest I don't know if you call it a surprise probably is going to be a surprise, but my biggest bold prediction, I guess. Uh, and I went with Hiro Kanu, the defensive tackle. Now I felt better about this because I think I've been thinking about this for a while. I've been meaning to write this kind of story. Uh, I felt better about this before Ohio state brought in uh, Taiwan Malone from the transfer portal. But if you look at the defensive tackle position, you've got Michael Hall jr. You've got Ty Hamilton. And you've got Tyleek Williams or kind of the three that we knew would be the defensive tackle rotation. Um, and I thought, okay, Hiro Kanu is a guy who they really liked and was still pretty raw last year. And I talked to Hiro at the uh, job fair, NIL fair, whatever they call it. And you could just, in talking to him, he, he understood the game more than when he got here a year ago, or even when we talked to him, you know, when he was on visits in high school, so I think he's made a big step. Now, you bring in Taiwan Malone, a guy who played at Old Miss in the SEC, and so maybe that bumps him kind of to the potentially the fifth guy. Jaden McKenzie's also in the mix there. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if Hiro Kanu sort of works his way into a bigger role than people expect, uh, especially if they have an injury at defensive tackle somewhere, and we know that position tends to get nicked up. We saw it last year quite a bit, especially with Mike Hall Jr., so – He's a guy I think that that could be a, a kind of a surprising guy to break out and 
maybe not have a huge impact, but a bigger impact yeah. than people think and work his way into to something, especially going forward into the years to come. There was a TV piece that I think it was NBC Sports did on him, on Hero, and yeah. Pat, it must have been around one of the one of the high school all-star games. Uh, I don't know which – correct me if I'm wrong, which one NBC has, if that's the Army or the Under Armour All-American, one, one of those. And they're talking to, you know, his family, his teammates, his coaches at his high school. And boy, you talk about what a what a character guy, first and foremost, Ohio State is getting with him. And the fact that he's an international and he comes from Germany makes this such an interesting dynamic. And I might he might be on the three deep right now. I might call him a great dark horse guy. I might even go like with the guy that might start and tie Hamilton for a breakout watch because. We know he's going to be a starter and he's going to play. And everybody's talking about Mike Hall. Maybe Ty Hamilton, local product, puts in a big year. But I love Hero. And he, again, great teammate, great kid, interesting dynamic. This might be a you know a college football game day piece or something on the, the program that he comes from that PPI recruits, the international recruiting program, which has been designed to shed some light on European kids who have a great interest in playing American football. Really interesting. I think he he probably lived with a with a host family or something something like that when he came over, but he hadn't been playing the game for all that long. And you talk about the size, speed, athleticism. It's a it's a wonder this has worked out. He maybe rugby would have been the thing more so than than your football that you like, Pat, uh, being a Red Devils guy. But yeah, he's he's an interesting dude, and I I'm. Uh, all aboard the hero canoe train. Is that how you say it? Canoe? Yeah, canoe, canoe. I've heard it said both ways. Got he it. has an accent, so I don't know how he pronounces it actually. But you mentioned PPI. They were just at Ohio State's, one of Ohio State's camps a week or so ago. Really cool program. If you haven't checked them out, Google that that uh, that group. I've written about them. Bill Curlick's written about them. I know other sites have written about them as well. Really cool that, that how they run that uh, and bringing guys over to the U.S. to get a chance to be seen by college college teams that they end up on college rosters, getting scholarships, getting educations, and, and guys have gone on to the NFL. So pretty cool thing. You mentioned Ty Hamilton. I did consider him. I wanted to go more bold with one, and so that's why I went that way. I do think Ty Hamilton, if you follow the tra- career trajectory of his brother, Devon Hamilton, this is right about the time yeah. that he yeah. started to break out. And I know, you know they're different guys, but this could be, you know, if he, if he follows that path, it could be a, a guy that has a, has a pretty big season. All right. Who you got next, Tim? Let me, let me, let me throw four and three at you for time's sake. So I'll, okay. I'll hit you with a two pack for a couple of the guys in the middle here. I'm going to go to the offensive line and I'm going to say Josh Fryer. I, I gotta, I feel like I have to pick, our guy that's going to take over at left tackle. So the work that he's been putting in behind the scenes, it is time to show everybody what that's about. When you got all these guys leaving for the NFL draft, you can't have a football team if you can't trust your offensive line. So it's not even just going to be Josh Fryer. You're looking at Carson Hinsman. You're looking at possibly Josh Simmons. But if I'm going to pick the guy that maybe we put the most, we buy the most stock in, Sure. It's that left tackle. It is a vital, vital piece of your offense that doesn't get the credit that it deserves. So, Josh, I'm going to throw at number four there, and then number three, I'll go back to a I'll go back to a younger guy and go back to the other side of the ball. But I think it's one of these 
it's one of these situations we've talked about moving him around a little bit on defense and where he's going to fit in. I know Jim Knowles recently kind of updated where they, which safety spot they see him fitting in at, but that would be Sonny Styles. You talk about another Pickerington kid, right? This, this guy is just got the size, got the speed. He hits like a freight train, but again, versatility might be something that is is what he builds his career on you know despite where we think he could be a box safety and hit but i from what we hear we think that they trust his cover skills out there as well especially if you're going to line him up on a tight end or one of the bigger pass catchers that uh, an opposing offense has especially you talk about some of these sec offenses that have tight ends for days especially a team like georgia sunny styles could be a, a pretty good georgia beater you know I, I just like him. I don't think there's a way that he gets kept off the football field in 2023. Yeah, Styles is a guy – I mean, you mentioned Georgia. He was supposed to be a big part of that plan in, in the playoff. Yeah. And, and the tight end he was covering – I can't remember his name off the top of my head there uh, – got hurt early on. And so Darnell Washington, was that who it was? Um, I think so, and, yeah. And so he didn't. Actually, since you, since you went to there, I will too, because Styles was my number one guy. And you kind of covered why – Look, I, I think he's too good to not be on the field. And I don't know where he plays. I don't know what they do. It's not my job to know that. But I can't imagine this defense without Sonny Styles playing a significantly bigger role this year. So I agree with everything you said on him. Um, another guy I had, kind of the second guy, second guy in the defensive line too. I'm going with Caden Curry. And I debated quite a bit between him and Kenyatta Jackson because I do think both of those guys are going to play quite a bit in that rotation that Larry Johnson has. And Kenyatta Jackson probably had the better spring. But I remembered back when Zach Harrison was talking at the NFL Combine. And here's a quote real quick. You've seen all the JTs and the Jacks play, but one guy I'm excited about is Caden Curry. He's a freshman. He meant, you know, he's a freshman last year. He's going to be a really good player. Just the way he moves and his motor never stops. I'm excited to see what he does. Really just everybody. But he's a guy that stands out to me as a really good player. If Zach Harrison... Now, Zach Harrison maybe didn't live up to the billing at Ohio State, but if he's saying that about a kid he practiced with every single day, that I, that's stuck in here. And I think, <laughs> it, I think what we saw from Curry early in the season, now that he's been in the program a full year, I think can be more what you see on the field. I like Kenyatta Jackson a lot. Uh, I like the two starters in JT and Jack, as Zach mentioned there. But I think, I think you can see big things out of Caden Curry this year, rushing the passer kind of in that rotation with, with those other three. Back to Sonny, because while you were talking there, I looked up the recent comments from Jim Knowles. Yeah. I think he made this near near the end of spring ball or might have been at that media availability they had when spring ball was done. And it, and it surprised some people because, again, I talked with Tyvis about this, and you know how much he you know, studies the safety positions and how much he cares about this. It was kind of a shocker to him when he read that, they were starting to lock Sonny Styles more in at the high safety position. It's like, wait, what? Like this guy, when you saw him, and again, it's only been a small amount of film. And I think that's what goes to show you just because a guy might have that, that height and that weight doesn't mean that he can't, you know, play back there and play center field and use ball skills and pick the pick off the football. Again, if he can do that, if that's what you've been learning about this dude and seeing in practice, then by all means, I will trust you. And, you know, versatility again that's the thing that Jim Knowles said he said you you know uh I learned that he can handle a lot and he's more adept at playing in a high safety position than you would think 
for a bigger guy. And he went on to say how, yeah, most of the time last year we had him at the line of scrimmage or close to the line of scrimmage. So, so we've come up with a dual plan for him where he'll be able to compete at a high safety position because I think we're going to need him there. So that's very interesting. And then I agree with everything you said about Caden. I think Caden Curry is absolutely a dude and it's why you feel good. You sleep well at night when you think about the depth that, that they have at defensive end again, with uh, I think you could – I don't have him on my list here because I, I think he's just kind of too big time of a player, but you can make an argument that Jack Sawyer is a yeah. breakout player who's yeah. a bona fide starter and could possibly play his way into being a, a first-round pick, a top-20 pick in the NFL draft, could be a breakout player as well because you looked at Jack Sawyer and you just thought numbers. I mean, big, big numbers from a guy like that. But Caden can be a big numbers guy too when that's his job. Which why uh, is why I go if I go into my my second my number two before we get to the top of the list I have the guy on the other side I've got yes. Kenyatta Jackson so it's it's tough I, I put him back to back I just feel that Kenyatta Jackson is c- could possibly be the more high level game record type of athlete and again you know having bookends right there the more the merrier but I think with uh, with how Larry Johnson speaks about Kenyatta Jackson and what this guy can give and how ready he is for the moment. That's why I put him up here. I can see him even without an injury to, you know, Tui Moloau or Sawyer. He gets in the rotation and might wind up with five sacks by the time uh, the season is done. Yeah, I think it's a good thing that we're talking about multiple defensive ends and not just the the top two or three um, because they, they just didn't have enough in that position last year. And, Kenyatta Jackson looked really good in the spring, really good in the spring. So I think it bodes well that both you and I identified one of those guys because I think they both have have the chance to really be good. Um, The next guy on my list is you talked at the beginning, guy who's been in the program a lot, hasn't played a ton because of injuries and whatnot, but Mitchell Melton. And so he is a guy, if they want to use that Jack position, I think he is the perfect fit. When Jim Knowles talks about a guy that, you know, okay, that he's had at other places where, okay, he's a good football player. We kind of talked about this with Cam Martinez. He's a good football player, but he doesn't necessarily, you know, maybe he's a running back in high school, played defensive end or played linebacker. It doesn't really fit that at, at the college level. And I'm not saying Mitchell Melton can't play at a, a specific position, linebacker, defensive end, whatever. But I think that hybrid role is perfect for him. Now, how much do the Buckeyes need to use that? I've talked about this before. I don't know if you need to use that hybrid jack position as much as Jim Knowles has used it at other places when you recruit the way Ohio State does. But I remember talking to people in spring who of last year, of, of 2022, and they were really excited about what he could do. And then tears his ACL in the spring game, misses all of last season. So if he can come back healthy, I think that gives you just another kind of versatile weapon that they're going to want to get on the field. CJ Hicks is also in the mix for that position, but I think you can do some other things with CJ Hicks and let Mitchell Melton kind of make that role his own. So we'll see how much he does it, but I think if he can live up to what they were saying two springs ago, he could be a really good player. Mitchell Melton, Mitchell Melton's kind of been a forgotten man, you know, with just the injury you mentioned, how, where, where are we at with his health right now? He's supposed to be good. The The latest update was that he was good. They held him out of spring just to kind of keep, yeah. keep things. I remember, if I remember it's correctly. Concern. I mean, for a guy that's not played, Pat, that's that's an ongoing concern, just the lack of football. 
for sure missing valuable reps for a guy that needs to i mean you talk about a breakout i just i want to i just want to see the guy play yeah <laughs> you know i want to see what he can do yeah for sure and i you know the, the signs were that he was healthy um he i believe he was doing some stuff off to the side in the spring i think they just wanted to to give him a little bit more time they did the same with uh, Evan Pryor, who was hurt a little bit later, but uh, there's yeah, a guy too. Yeah, they're just they're just cautious. All right, who do you have as your top guy? C.J. Hicks. What about you? Yeah, I, well, you so had, Styles, funny, right? Yeah, Styles was my top guy, and I thought about C.J. Hicks a lot. I'm still just unsure where he fits right now. Like he's really good, and he's going to be on the field. Do you take Steel Chambers off? more and put him in I think that's a possibility does he play the jack I just I don't know so that was the reason I didn't it's not to say that I don't think he's going to be very good and I do think he's going to play I'm just kind of waiting to see where that is personally but what, what about you what makes you think he's he's going to break out no I I understand that I just think you're I, I just think you're dealing with a, a another player like Sonny Styles, who just has so much talent and so much ability, it's 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 not going to be a good thing to keep him waiting for so long. I I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like this guy is a risk to transfer, but I also think he's so talented that if he doesn't see the field enough, maybe he gets to thinking again. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to put that out there for anyone because yeah. I'm not him. And he he definitely does seem like a Captain Buckeye type of dude with the way that he was recruiting. But we, we live in the real world. It's 2023, right? I just yes. – I think, yes, like you said it, it could be situations where, you know, one of the defensive ends comes off, right? And he might get some snaps. Steel Chambers and, and, and Tommy Eichenberg, as much as we love these guys, they're not going to play every single snap. To, Tommy might, but, yeah, you said it. Steel could be a guy. He comes in and spells a little bit. As long as you're as long as you're keeping guys fresh when you get into the third and fourth quarter and you're in these grind them out football games, you're gonna you're gonna need at least that second spot on the depth chart to come in and give valuable snaps. I, I don't care who you are, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, those backups, they're very, very important. And a lot of times when, when it's all said and done, you might not consider some of these guys to be backups. It's just that. There are only 11 positions on the football field to start, but I just think he's too good, Pat. I think he was a heralded recruit. I think he's part of getting Ohio State back to having that reputation. Even the game has changed, so I'm not saying like we're going to get back to A.J. Hawks and James Laurinaitis because I just think the way the linebacker position is in today's football with the offenses you go up against, it might not ever be like that, but – He's this athletic guy that can tackle, that can play in space, that can clog gaps and, and blow up plays. I'm just excited to see him. Yeah, I, I agree. And Jim Knowles said he was ready to unleash was the word he used when we talked to him last, talking about C.J. Hicks. And he said it's his job to find a way to get him on the field. That's what they're working on. How yeah. you figure it out, that's yet to be determined. But um, So Styles was my top guy. The other guy I had – Carson Hinsman, I, if he is ready to go, and he was basically the first team center throughout spring, and that was with Victor Cutler, but without Jacob James back in there, I think you can have something like you just had with Luke Whipler, where you get at least two years of this guy 
playing yeah. with the center. Maybe he's with the same quarterback for those that whole time too, like like Whitler was with C.J. Stroud. He was one of the guys that in of those three offensive line positions that are open. Every time we saw him, you know, I'm not an offensive line expert, but I kind of looked at it and was like, I don't see mistakes here. I'm sure there were some, but to me, he looked pretty solid in the spring. And I think right now, though they haven't named him a starter, it's kind of his position to lose at center. And, and that's such a key position. If you can get a young guy who's heady and, and can handle what it requires to be a center, like Luke Whipler did a couple of years ago, I think that only benefits you, uh, not just this year, but, but even next year too. Uh, so that's our list. Uh, you had Martinez, Fryer, Styles, Jackson, and Hicks. I had Hirokanu, Curry, Melton, Hinsman, and Styles. So I like all those guys. I think there's there's a good chance we hit on at least a few of those. And oh yeah. Oh I yeah. Know you go here quick, but uh, I wanted to get your quick thoughts on Bryce Sensabaugh and the Utah Jazz and just kind of the draft pick. Yeah, two quick thoughts on Buckeye hoops with yeah, uh, with with Bryce first. You know, I spent some time. I graduated high school in Utah, so you know, yeah. I, I worked at some wonderful golf courses out there in northern Utah. It's a beautiful place. If anybody ever has plans to go out and visit, I couldn't I couldn't recommend it enough. Like, go to fly to Salt Lake City, check out Park City, Deer Valley, some of those ski resort towns, Alta, and. Uh, I, I really had a good time going to jazz games when I lived there going with my dad and uh, you know, it was Weber state basketball and it was jazz basketball for me for a couple of couple of years. I got to see Michael Jordan play. It was his last two years in the league. He was a wizard and it was, it was nuts the way the arena would fill, would fill up with Jordan jerseys. But again, not, not the point I'm, I'm happy you for really Bryce out there. Say, what, say that again, Pat. You know they hated Michael out there. Oh yeah. It was, it was crazy. man. all the, the beautiful blonde people in Utah, they'd wear their Jordan Wizards jerseys and they'd fill up the Delta Center, what it was called back then. You still had, I caught the tail end of Stockton and Malone when I was there. It was so cool. And then the eras and hoops shifted. But I love seeing Bryce go uh, go to a team that I've got a, a connection to. I think that's cool. And I was talking with uh, Devere about this, Devere Posey on our show the other day. I kind of can see some similarities to donovan mitchell just in what you know where they played him being a louisville guy and you know he wasn't one of those top five top 10 picks in the draft but just the style that they play the athleticism the offensive prowess they're both kind of medium bodied you know either two guards to small forward type of players i mean mitchell more of a guard you know but you know what i'm saying guys that can really fill it up guys that have hops too. And we've seen, we've seen Bryce who you might not have thought was more known for his hops, but then when he threw down maybe the nastiest dunk in the big 10 this past season, you start to realize that. I think it's a nice spot. He went right about where I had him pegged to go in that 23 to 30 spot in the first round. So I think that's a solid pick for the jazz as they kind of have their rebuild ongoing. And how cool is this that Ohio state basketball is going to play an exhibition game at UD arena. So We've been clamoring for some kind of battle for Ohio. We've been trying to figure things out. Either the universities can't get in gear for it or the the crosstown shootout in Cincinnati with the, the every year matchup for Xavier in Cincinnati makes it tough to do. But we've seen some some matchups with Cincy. We've seen match a matchup with Xavier in the Gavit games, but just a one-off. Now you get an exhibition game on the road in Dayton. Again, I think it's cool, so it doesn't count, but bragging rights will still be on the line. Uh, it's for a cool cause. It's for 
Mental Health Awareness, and it'll be October 22nd coming up uh, leading into 2023. And I think this might replace the secret scrimmage. And if that's the case, this is college basketball getting smarter because why have these, you know, big on big secret scrimmages that no one can go to sell some tickets for it, make, make some money, open it up, give, give your program some exposure. It's football season. So, you know, attention spans will still be on that, but for the diehard college hoops fans, and if you could create some cool matchups, like this is one we haven't been able to see. They just yeah. haven't done it. It's either you get it in the NCAA tournament or you get no Ohio State Dayton. So anyway, Pat, I think that's a cool thing that we saw. We'll talk about this a little bit on our show as well. I want to say um, one of one of the Buckeyes I would nominate for Buckeye of the Month with what he's doing down in Cincinnati, Drew Chrisman, our punter. Yeah, man, like what he's been doing, like riding around on his bike, delivering meals to the homeless. Really cool guy. Everything he's doing. He's going to come on the show tonight at 620. Talk about what he's been up to. So people can look forward to that on the Buckeye show tonight. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I think that the event's going to be pretty cool. Um, You know, I I do think doing that for a good cause in front of fans will be fun. You get a chance to see both teams before the season tips off. Should be a good time. The day after the Penn State game. So uh, weekend there. Big weekend. All right, Tim, thanks a bunch. I've missed having you on, so I'm glad to get you back in, in the rotation here. We'll, we'll, we'll work on this weekend happy hour thing, or maybe we'll just bump you up in the show on the show list at the fan, get you on one of those earlier shows regular so that you can come. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who are you pulling the plug on? Uh, Beam? Yeah, we'll kick Beam out. Yeah. yeah Beam out. <laughs> it's early. Okay. See you, buddy. Uh, all right. Thanks, Tim. All right, that was Timmy Hall from 97.1, the fan. Always love having Timmy on. Glad he was able to do that today. As he said, sometimes it gets a little complicated with his schedule and my schedule and trying to do this. When people can watch it, if you missed our predictions for potential breakout Buckeyes, um, you can you can watch this again back on YouTube or listen to the podcast version wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm going to do something I don't do very often on this show just because it's not something I cover extensively, but I'm going to dive into a little recruiting. Uh, I want to talk because I know it's been a, a big topic, Ohio state defensive recruiting and what kind of got my brain flowing in this direction was, and I assume you guys all know this, if you follow along with, with recruiting um, actually real quick, there are a couple comments I wanted to hit on from the, the top fives here. Um, and then we'll get back into the recruiting uh chris glover said mike hall is going to be a breakout player of the year with on defense with jtt and burke having the most upside draft wise should be a huge year for mike hall i thought about him i think he had a good year last year if you take into account the injuries but i think that's a good prediction um chad striker hero hadn't played a lot of football when he came in so i think that he's a project when he can play his way in the rotation in 2024 i agree with that he was definitely a project um, and then while we're on the topic of Hero, who was one of my guys, where goes one said Hero is a block of clay. He will be molded into a beast. I think that's exactly what Larry Johnson thought. Uh, Andy Bays, I think that's how he said. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Sonny Hicks and CJ Styles. I think those are the two most obvious. I had Sonny uh, on my list. Tim did too. He also had CJ Hicks. Uh, Andy Bays also said they're going to let Jack Sawyer loose. He's going to be a base. I think he could have a very good year. We just kind of already knew about him, even though he didn't have a, a great season. You know, he's tied to the team lead in sacks last year. 
uh, Chad Strickler. What about Amoria Bohr? He looked ready. Yeah, I honestly we haven't seen a ton of him. Um, I'm just I just don't know kind of where he's going to fit into things at this point. He's a guy who I know they really like, but um, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where he fits in. We talked about Caden Curry and uh, and uh, Kenyatta Jackson. You know, you can only rotate so many guys in there. So so what's the what's the fit? Um, anyway, let's get back to recruiting. Uh, talking about the defensive side, as I was saying, what kind of got me on this thought process, so to speak, talking about defensive recruiting was the commitment of Bryce West to Ohio State, which happened kind of as a, a double Glenville commitment weekend last week, actually a double Glenville commitment Saturday when Bryce West officially announced, though it, we all know if you, if you pay attention on social media, he committed on on Friday night. The video kind of got out there. Um, but he committed, and then uh, Demarion Witten, his tight end at Cleveland Glenville, also committed on Saturday. So I was looking at the Ohio State 2024 class, and it's ranked number two in the country. But if you look through the list, Bryce West is the, according to, to our rankings, the fourth best player, the cornerback out of Glenville. And then you got to scroll down a little bit to find Garrett Stover, the next defensive player, linebacker from Big Walnut. You know that last name because of, of what Cade's done. Peyton Pierce, another four-star linebacker from Texas. Uh, and then recently, Jay McClain committed safety out of New Jersey. Um, but that's it for the Buckeyes 2024 defensive recruiting right now. And I know there's been some concern because Ohio State has recruited on the offensive side of the ball so well over the years. But I do think there's a shift. And I think you're starting to see that take place. Bryce West was a guy they had to get. He's an Ohio guy. He's a highly ranked cornerback, a talented player, a guy that you just can't let get out uh, of your state or, or end up elsewhere. Michigan was a, a place he was considering. You certainly don't want to see him go there. So, so that's a win for the Buckeyes. Now you've got to keep that momentum going on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that is, is going to happen. I think you are going to see a number of defensive guys begin to commit here as, as we go through the summer and maybe into the fall. Um, and you know, I think it's important to note that there is often the situation where the commitment is done with Ohio State, but guys want to wait to announce things. Um, and we're not in the business of spoiling those type of things. I'm not saying that that has necessarily happened, but there's a lot of good vibes coming out of, of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, from my understanding, about a lot of these guys. June was a big month, got a lot of guys on campus, and I jotted down some names of guys that Ohio State is is heavily involved in and would certainly take uh, at the linebacker position. Kingston, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Vialamu Asa. I probably got that wrong. I should ask Bill Kerlick how to pronounce that beforehand. Edwin Spillman, two highly rated guys that they are involved in. Cornerbacks, Aaron Scott, that's another one like Bryce West. Can't let that kid get out of the state. Michigan is involved. Uh, he just took a visit to Oregon. He was on the visit with Bryce West. They've kind of been going back and forth on social media. 
that's a must get for Ohio State. You get two of the the top cornerbacks, not only in the state, but but two really of the top cornerbacks in the country in this class. So Ohio State still working on Aaron Scott, but by all accounts had a really good visit when when he was here last weekend. Uh, Miles Lockhart, a guy who listed in our database as a running back, but Ohio State is recruiting him as a cornerback, uh, kind of that slot nickel cornerback from my understanding. And he's, he's a guy that, that they are really pushing for. Then Kobe Black, five-star corner. That would be a guy that obviously Ohio State is interested, very interested. Uh, they have probably some more work to do than maybe some of those other guys in terms of, of landing him. But you could land a five-star corner. That, that certainly speeds up the trajectory there. Kobe Black, for people I've talked to, is, is elite at, the, at that level. So uh, moving to the defensive line, Edward Houston, that's a guy that I know Bill Curlick's written a lot about on Bucknuts. He, uh, a guy that I, I think most people would say Ohio State feels pretty good about. You, uh, you know, it's never over till it's over in recruiting, but a guy that, that they certainly like, certainly been pushing for. Uh, Dylan Stewart, defensive lineman, similar boat, Marquise Lightfoot, both guys they would they would take in a heartbeat uh, that that you know, I think would help continue this this defensive line that you know as we're talking about breakout guys we name two guys you know you have two five star guys in JT Tumlau, Jack Sawyer. Look, I'm going to be honest. The defensive line play has been underwhelming, and we could have a whole podcast about maybe why that is. Um, and I, I don't want to go into that, but continuing to land good players, really good players, is going to be key to getting that back to, to where it was. Um, you know, Ohio State was in a really fortunate situation for a handful of years with the Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, Jay, or, uh, Chase Young, and not just them. I mean, there, the, there were other key guys on, on each of those offensive lines that, that played a part, and they need to get back to that. And, and you, know, you need to get pressure on the quarterback at a higher rate than you did a year ago. And so continuing to land top guys at that position is crucial. And that safety, K.J. Bolden and uh, Jordan Johnson-Rubel, I believe if I read this correctly before, when I was looking before, Johnson-Rubel is announcing this weekend. Um, I think the crystal balls on 247 Sports, and I will pull him up here as we talk, Um I believe that they have, are leaning towards him headed to Texas, which is where I believe he's from. Yeah, if I look, six six crystal ball predictions, 100% to Texas. Now, they're all medium, so it's not a, a high probability for, according to these guys. But he, uh, I believe, is announcing Saturday, so we'll, we'll learn more about that. K.J. Bolden, a five-star guy that really everyone in the country would love to have on their, their roster. You look at this group that I have jotted down here and, and I'm probably forgetting some guys. I just kind of did some quick uh, looking through there, through the, through the database and whatnot and guys, Ohio state are targeting guys. I, I know that they are very interested in um, there's, there's certainly others out there, but you know, landing a handful of these guys over the course of the next few months would be huge for this class. Um, you need to be more balanced and Ohio state needs to be more balanced as a team on Saturdays in the fall. And it starts with this. And I think when Ryan Day took over, not that there wasn't an emphasis on recruiting defensive players. He understands 
how important the defensive side of the ball is, despite being an offensive guy. But maybe it was because of having such an offensive-minded head coach. I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons in, in terms of the coaches that were on staff, but this certainly has fallen off. And we can talk about scheme. We can talk about coaching. You can talk about Jim Knowles' play calls, all that stuff. If you don't have the players, and I mean the players across the entire defense, then you are not going to be able – you can compete in the Big Ten. You can continue to do what Ohio State was doing and, and you know, winning Big Ten titles in 2020, winning a Big Ten title in 2020, going to the college football playoff. But you, know, you, you saw what happened against Alabama in 2020, and I know there were some other reasons, the COVID stuff and whatnot, but that defense was not good enough. And then obviously in 2021 – you lose to Michigan and things start to go downhill. And and then last year things are going well, but I think, you know, again, say what you will about Jim Knowles' play calls and, and kind of the coaching all around, but you're going up against the Georgia team and you looked at the guys they had on their defense, the guys they had on their bench defensively. It's just, it wasn't the same level and Ohio state hung in that game. But if, if Ohio state with the way their offense was playing, if, if you had some of the guys that, at the level of the guys that I just mentioned um, and they've been coached up and schemed right, you know, it, it, it all goes together, right? And so the, the defensive recruiting has to get back to the level. It used to be similar to the level of the offense. I do think they're moving in the right direction. I think that they have put a, a significant emphasis on that. I think guys like Tim Walton, and Perry Eliano now being in their second year in the program helps. People have seen kind of what they can do at Ohio State. It's one thing to say, you know, if you're Tim Walton, I did this in the NFL, or if you're Perry Eliano, I did this at Cincinnati. And look, guys bring up, I was talking to guys throughout June at camps, and, and you know, the fact that, that Perry Eliano coached Sauce Gardner and uh, um, the, other, the other corner from, from Cincinnati, I'll think of it, Kobe something. Uh, the fact that he coached two guys that were, were drafted high in the NFL certainly plays a part, but they want to see it on, uh, on Ohio, see Ohio state do it, see those players do it at Ohio state under these coaches. Now you have a year in, you've seen it a little bit. Uh, so I think that helps. And then the other guy that I think helps a lot is, is having James Laurinaitis in there. And now he's a GA, so he cannot go on the road recruiting, but he can make phone calls and he can talk to kids when they're on campus. And, Month of June, a lot of kids came through the Woody and were camped or, or visited to official visits. And look, if you've ever talked with James Lornice, and I said this when they were hired when he was hired, I think the coaching side of it is great. I think he's gonna do really well there. But you want a guy to sell Ohio State, and he was doing it really well at Notre Dame, a place that he wasn't as familiar with last year. Do you want a guy to sell Ohio State, a guy that cares about Ohio State and you know, a guy that can can come relate to some of these guys that are recruiting out of state as like, look, I wasn't a, a you know, he didn't grow up in Ohio. Uh, you know, he, he came here, he developed all that. I don't think there's anyone better than James Laurinaitis. There may be guys on par with, with what they can sell. Um, and I think once he is able, whether he moves into a full-time position uh, or they change the rules and they allow more full-time coaches, once he's able to get on the road recruiting, I think you're in a really good spot. And I think you're seeing the benefits of that. All of those things kind of coming together. And I think over the course of the next few months, uh, 
Buckeye fans are going to be pretty happy with, with the way defensive recruiting is going. I'll just leave it at that. Now I'm going to shift back over to something I know a little bit more about in terms of what I cover on a day-to-day basis. And that is back to the team and the running backs. And I wrote about this the other day, uh, and I've written about it a couple times in, in various ways throughout the offseason, but Ohio State's running back room is going to be one of the more interesting things, I think, to watch with this team. And maybe one of the more interesting things in college football this year, because you know the names. You've got Travion Henderson. You've got Mayan Williams, the guys who were supposed to be kind of the co-starters last year. You have Evan Pryor, who is going to be in that mix with them, is what we heard a lot about during fall camp last year, until he suffered a knee injury and had to miss the entire season and, and was still out in spring uh, as, the, as he kind of comes back, though, though he's supposed to be full go by the time fall camp starts. Because of that, Dallin Hayden played a lot more than I think anyone expected, um, than Dallin Hayden probably expected. Then you, you had Chip Trainum, who was a running back at Arizona State, wanted to play running back, transfers to Ohio State last offseason because he realized, okay, my future may be at linebacker, which is what Ohio State recruited him to play coming out of high school. Uh, when he was from the state of Ohio, realized, okay, that's where my future probably lies, starts the season there. And then because of those injuries, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams moves back to running back kind of in an emergency capacity to give some depth at that position and played well in in limited time and now is going to stay in the running back room. So unless I counted wrong there, that's five running backs that I think you could argue would start at most places or at least play significantly in most places around the country. We know Trayvon Henderson would. Mayan Williams would, would start in a lot of places. Evan Pryor, based on what we know about Evan Pryor, we haven't seen a lot. He's only played four games. But the way he would, you know, what, as a recruit coming out of high school and, and if he develops the way we expect, I think he's a guy who by his third year probably would have been on the field a lot, given health at other places. Dallin Hayden, there were, were certainly teams interested in him if he were going to hit the transfer portal this offseason. He was Ohio State's third leading rusher last year, despite playing, you know, not significantly less snaps than, than kind of the other two combined. And then Chip Trainum, he's he's played. He played Arizona State. He played in the Pac-12. Um, so you, you know, you kind of know that, that he would be able to play at other places. So how do you handle the situation? And Tony Alford gets these questions a lot. He got it before last season, but, and he always kind of says things, you know, these type of things tend to work themselves out, right? Uh, now, you hope it's not their injury like it was last year, but now you're coming in with, with five guys who have a right to lay claim to needing some carries. And, and obviously you have to learn, earn it every day. You can't just say, well, I did it last year if you're Dallin Hayden, for example, or you know, Evan Pryor was well, going to have a role last year. Why should I not have, you know, you've got to earn it each day in practice. And, and that that's going to be a key component too of, of who emerges, but how you keep kind of these guys all happy is, is going to be very interesting. And I wrote with, uh, I, I wrote when this the other day, like I was saying, and look, Tony Alford is not backing away from this kind of challenge, so to speak. He said, I think the more the merrier, right? I mean, it's like a kid at Christmas. The more presents you got, the better, right? It is what it is. We needed every bit of depth that we could 
we could have last year. Hopefully that doesn't repeat itself, but it's always good to have depth and competition makes everybody rise. So I think it's a good situation to be in. So yes, I agree with them hundred percent there. When everyone is back on the field going into fall camp, the competition is going to be pretty ridiculous at Ohio state over at the Woody. Um, now, how do you, how do you work that once the season starts? Alfred said, I'm, Absolutely going to do what's best for the team, but at the same time, we've got to do what's best for the players too. The challenge is just to get every, but to get better every day for everybody. Uh, so my read on this is, well, first of all, I think it will depend on how things turn out in fall camp. Obviously, uh, there are some ways I think in terms of different roles that you can use these guys. The most obvious being Evan Pryor as kind of a Sort of what we saw from Xavier Johnson in the Georgia game, lining up in the backfield, running routes out of the backfield, motioning in and out of the backfield. You saw a little bit of that with Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Rose Bowl before he you know, obviously suffered the injury in the Notre Dame game, uh, the Rose Bowl two years ago. I think he's a guy who, who you can kind of put in some different situations, but he also still has to be able to run the ball between the tackles because if the defense knows, okay, He's coming on the field. That means they're going to run him out there. It just gives away too much. So he's got to be able to do both. Um, you know with Trayvon Henderson and Mayan Williams kind of how that dynamic worked when both were healthy last year for the first few games of the season. I really liked that. I think that's your, that's your two, your starting two. I think you roll with what got you there last year, so to speak, in terms of heading into the season, what you saw, what you liked. Dallin Hayden, that's where I think things get really interesting because I think he's really talented. I really do. Um, I think most people would agree. What you saw from him as a freshman kind of getting thrust into that type of role early on, the Maryland game, uh, is the most obvious example. But even in the Georgia game, playing against that Georgia defense, he still had some good plays that you know I, I like what he can do. He's more of your stereotypical running back. So how does he fit will be a good question because Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson can kind of do those things. Do you just rotate more uh, between those three? And then with Chip Trainum, he's a burner. Uh, maybe the fastest guy on the team. There was talk about that last year. Very strong, you know, beefed up a little bit when he was going to, to linebacker. So I think he's a guy that you can – run some different plays with, get him to the outside, similar to, to what you've been able to do with Travion Henderson, because he obviously has that, that quickness and ability to hit the home run play. Um, if I had to guess on what this kind of snap count situation is going to be, I would think that you end up, you know, end of the year, assuming all five of these guys stay healthy. I think you end up with Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams having – probably significantly, maybe not significantly more, but but definitely more snaps between the two of them than, than the other three. I think you still have to find a way to get down Hayden on the field. And I think Evan Pryor is a guy who who can do some different things, like I said. To me, Chip Trainum maybe is the odd man out. Maybe Dallin Hayden, you know, takes a, a, a little bit of a lesser role, knowing that in a year, if things go right, Mayan Williams is gone. Trayvon Henderson could leave early for the NFL. Then you're, you're in a different situation with, okay, Dallin Hayden with experience, Evan Pryor with experience. 
then I think, you know, you, you recognize that the, the potential is out there. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be very tricky for Tony Alfred. I think it's just, it's tough to, to have that many running backs, that many good running backs. It'd be one thing if they were all kind of solid, but you know, we know what Travion Henderson is when he's healthy. He just wasn't healthy last year. You saw what Mayan Williams can do. Um, and, and I think he's surprised a lot of people with, with some of the stuff he's done at Ohio State, given kind of where he came from recruiting-wise. Um, those guys are really talented. I mean, like I said, they, they start almost anywhere in the country. So you can't take them off the field too much, in my mind. Tony Alford gets paid the big bucks to do this. So I think that, uh, you know, you've, you've got to trust in him to, to get it right. He's had to deal with somewhat similar situations before, not necessarily the five deep running backs, but we've seen it with J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber. He's had other situations. Um, so you know, I, I will certainly be paying close attention to how it's shaping up in fall camp and then what it looks like each week in the season and how, especially early on, how they kind of break down snaps, what situations guys are in, things like that. Because, look, you have a brand-new starting quarterback. You have a questionable offensive line, but an offensive line that you would expect would be able to run block. I think that you can lean on that running game quite a bit early on. And, you know, it's just a matter of who, who fits in where and whatnot. So that's kind of my read on the running back situation. Uh, I, I, I just – there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of questions about it. Certainly, um, I saw a few comments come in. I want to uh, make sure we get to these because I like to I like that you guys uh, comment on these things. So let me grab a couple here. Um, going back to the recruiting, Robert Sealstead, I think I pronounced that right. Uh, Musk gets Lightfoot, Stewart, Houston after last year's O for three. Those are the defensive linemen. Look, I, I said, I said it. You've got to, um, yeah. Those three are all defensive linemen. Just wanted to double check my notes there. Uh, look, you've you've got to keep adding talent to that position. No doubt about it. Those are are, you know, I think you need at least two of those three for sure. Um, and if you can get all three, I think it's great. Moving on here. Rose Nine uh, says, excited about all the pursuit of Southern recruits outside of Florida. Bolden and Houston, the kid from Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama has great state talent. Love to see it. Yeah, Ohio State's going to go where the talent is. And look, it looked for a while like this class was shaping up to be very Ohio focused. Um, and, you know, that, that still has, has been the case. Seven of the players are from Ohio, but now you have two from Florida, two from Indiana, two from Texas, one from Georgia, one from New Jersey, one from Tennessee. A lot of the guys that I read out names of earlier that, that they're in the mix for, and that's just on the defensive side of the ball, are out-of-state guys. So Ohio State's going to go where the talent is and, and do their best to uh, to land those guys. Robert Seale said, said again, also both Scott and Bolden can't miss on those guys. Aaron Scott for sure. I mean, you can't let a guy that talented – go somewhere else when you're the biggest school in the state. Uh, Bolden is a guy who, you know, everyone is recruiting basically. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be more tough on that. Brutus B. Buckeye said, hi, Pat, I got a question. If there was one thing stopping Ohio State from winning a national championship this year, what do you think it would be? I've said a few times 
Um, and I think, I think you can have different opinions and not be wrong on this, but for me, it's if this offensive line doesn't get good fast, the, the issues up front could take what could be a historically good offense and make it significantly worse, make it pedestrian. If you can't block what, what, what are you supposed to do? And I just, you know, I need to see it. I've said it before. I need to see it from these offensive linemen. Um, I, I mentioned Carson Hinsman as one of my potential breakout guys. I liked what I saw from him, but the tackle positions, I feel much more comfortable. Now, I do like Josh Simmons, but I'd feel much more comfortable if Ohio State had landed one of the targets they had before the spring. A, because I think those are the guys they kind of prioritized. Though I do know that, that um, they do like Josh Simmons, a guy who Justin Fry recruited and he was at UCLA. So, you know, it may all work out great, but I'd feel more comfortable about that. A, because I think those are the guys they, the guys they prioritize. And B, we would have seen them. They would have been here for spring. And I think that would have been a big help to have another tackle in the mix with the, the guys they had at those positions and, and kind of getting ready as opposed to just doing it now. Um, and then last one, DA Buckeye, stop with the upside BS. Whenever that term is used, the player is almost always trash. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think there was a lot of upside talk about, you know, I can think of a lot of guys, frankly, um, you know, Mayan Williams was a guy with upside. He's been pretty good uh, guy who's been in the news for unfortunate reasons recently, but uh, Darren Lee, a lot of upside and they figured out a way to make him good. So, but I get what you're saying. You, you, you want guys that, you know, can come in or you feel very confident you can come in and make an impact. And uh, you know, you, you don't, I, I'm fine with Ohio State getting some of those guys and working to find a way to, to develop them, things like that. But you're right. You, you do need the four or five-star guys that are almost certain to be important players for you. And, you know, Ohio State's done a good job of that. Maybe not quite as well as people would have liked. Maybe not quite to be Georgia level on the defensive side of the ball or, or what Alabama was doing at one point. But – I, I don't think there most teams in the country would trade with what Ohio State does in recruiting. I will I will just say that. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. We've gone just over an hour here. So a full Bucknuts happy hour for you guys there. I want to thank Tim Hall again for coming on and, and talking about his well, talking with me about R, I guess I should say, potential breakout candidates for the Buckeyes in 2023. I think we put together a pretty good list. If you missed that, this will be available on YouTube. Uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and you can also find it wherever you get your podcasts. Please like, subscribe on the podcast stuff. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you're not already, we've had kind of a lull here during the summer with with not a ton of content, but all of our uh, podcast stuff goes on there, so you're able to go back and watch any of that. We also post all of our video interviews. Um, some of our recruiting video interviews we, we don't necessarily put public because People don't, uh, you know, that, those aren't the big hitters. But come end of July, we're going to be back at Big Ten Media Days. Then we're rolling right into fall camp. We're going to have a ton of stuff on there from those interviews, so you don't want to miss that. Like, or like that, subscribe that, whatever it is on YouTube. And if you want notifications, hit that little bell button. That'll let you know when we're going to post things. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, this has been another Bucknuts Happy Hour. Next week, hopefully, I will be back having a beer with you guys because it's been two weeks now and I don't know, I'm thirsty. 
But anyway, I don't have anything to cheers. I finished my water while we were doing this, but cheers to you guys.